Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Harbin, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with another episode of The Standard is the Standard. That's the BTSE flagship podcast. Joining me, as always, my co-host, Lance Williams. Lance, it's early morning out on the West Coast. It's midday here. How's it going? I'm doing well, man. I need my uh, Jedi juice. I haven't had my Jedi juice yet, so uh, apologies to all of you listening to me. If you don't know what Jedi juice is, it's just Joe. I haven't had my show yet, so uh, I definitely need my Jedi juice. But uh, compliments on the T-shirt, Jeff. Uh, Thank you. I, I, I like that. Is that uh, where'd you get that? That looks- this was actually given to me. Um, it was in two thousand and twelve or two thousand thirteen. I was the NBC fan of the week uh, when they played the Bears on Sunday. Actually, it was two thousand thirteen. They started zero and four that year. And I was the NBC fan of the week. I got to go to Pittsburgh, free ticket to the game, rode around on the Sunday night football bus. They gave us free jerseys, all this crazy stuff. And then they gave all of us one of these shirts. It says, here we go, here's on the back. It has something else, too. So I still rock this from time to time. So that's like a, a snowflake one-of-one type T-shirt? Uh, no, I don't think so. You can you can order. You, you used to be able to. I don't know if you still can. You can get these shirts made. Is like a you go on a NFL shop and you can have your own shirt made. So I don't know if that's still a possibility, but I like, I like that one. I like that one. That, that a lot of older people look at me weird because they're like, "Why is there a money sign here?" And what is the ampersand, <laughs> whatever that is? Hey, man, you know, yeah, yeah. you don't want to be ageist, but you know, exactly. <laughs> so let, let's let's start off the show in a it's kind of a somber tone um for those that don't know that might be watching and um as currently we have like 25 people viewing the show if you didn't know pittsburgh steelers current wide receivers coach daryl drake uh suddenly passed away they're saying either last night or early this morning uh the team found out and released statements from president art rooney and owner art rooney the second mike tomlin a lot of players had uh gone to uh social media and kind of sent out their condolences none of the current players i believe has have as of yet uh but the steelers have canceled their practice today that was scheduled at 255 in training camp they've shut down the campus uh basically to let the players mourn and this is a challenging thing uh because this is a current coach this is what's kind of unique about the situation is that this isn't like a former coach that passed away um, this isn't a former player that passed away. Uh, this is a guy that was in the meeting room as of Friday. 
he was at the game on Friday night. You know, he was on the sidelines and now he's gone. So Lance, uh, go ahead and chime in with whatever you'd like to say about that. Yeah. I'd like to echo, uh, Jeff's sentiments. Um, you know, what makes this really tough is like you said, he is a current coach and unfortunately, you know, even in death, you know, time does move on and there's the business of still preparing this football team and preparing this team to play while the team is mourning. And, you know, that's going to be tough. You know, hopefully the team can rally behind his family, offer support to his family, and hopefully uh, the team can respect his work by the way they prepare and the way they play and can continue to show honor uh, to his family. It would be interesting to see, um, I use interesting loosely, by the way, uh, how the Steelers handle this in terms of a personnel. Will they leave a job vacant for the rest of the season, have someone like Randy Feetner take over those duties as wide receivers coach? Will they promote somebody? Will they bring in, I doubt they bring in somebody else, but um, it's really sad news. And you got to think about those wide receivers, especially that, develop that close relationship with him. Every All the reports you hear from the media and former players is that everybody loved him. It wasn't just his his position group. It was Ben Roethlisberger was constantly around him, talking to him. He was a good guy. Tony Junji spoke of him and his character on, on Twitter today. And so, um, you know, it's, it's a situation where it's very unique. That's, that's all I could say. I mean, rest in peace to Coach Drake and – um, I know all of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, our contributors, uh, we nothing but positive thoughts and prayers go out to him and his family. We hope that everything is as smooth a transition as possible. But like you, people were saying in the live chat, it's a part of life, unfortunately. You never know when it's going to come. So Yeah, the one thing that the reminder to us all is that uh, you know it, it helps us to kind of step back and recalibrate how we think about the game, that it consists of people. You know, sometimes we don't see these people as individuals or as human beings, that they're kind of just commodities that we watch and we can talk about in any way, shape or form. But people make the game. And, uh, you know, these are individuals who have lives and these are individuals who, you know, go through life and they have hardships, they have ups and downs and it all impacts everything. So these are human beings that take part in this game. And that's why we should be thankful for them and their efforts and their contributions. A lot of sacrifices for the families. And again, thoughts and prayers and condolences to his family. Absolutely. And it sounds it sounds really bad to um, move on from this topic Yet, we're going to move on from this topic because I guarantee you if Coach Drake were here, he would probably say that life's going to move on. The, the team is going to have to prepare for the season still, and they're going to have to keep going. And uh, we're going to do the same thing. We're going to talk about some Steelers football today. So if you're uh, listening live on YouTube or if you're listening on audio platform, uh, we are going to continue. So let's get started, Lance. You know, we've had a chance now. I know I watched about – uh, the first quarter and a half or first half a little bit uh, of the first preseason game. And the one thing I kept thinking to myself, and I wanted to ask you this question, and I saved it. I didn't text you or call you or anything. Was, is there anything, in your opinion, that you can take away from week one in the preseason, especially since it's already passed? Like it's in the past now. It's in the record books. Is there anything that you look back on and say, that's, no, that's something that is – important or that's something that was noticeable or is it really just kind of a, okay, we're kind of getting the, we're putting our feelers out there to see what this team's like. 
I think what what jumped out to me, and I did a podcast on it a long time ago, and we've talked about it, is that ironically, I think there is a new camp battle that has emerged as a result of Devin Bush's performance in the first game. And he was all over the place. You know, via NFL Game Pass, it gives us the ability to watch the games cut out until about 45 minutes. So you can really go through the first halves really quickly. And just watching Devin Bush, he's going to start week one. I don't think there's any case that he will. Um, I think they will live with whatever mistakes he makes because of the physicality as well as the speed and the suddenness and playmaking ability that he brings. One thing I noticed about Devin Bush is when he tackled people, they stopped. There was no forward momentum when he tackled people. They didn't get extra yards. They didn't get extra inches. No, he hit people and they stopped. But the new camp battle will be between Vince Williams and Mark Barron. I think we have to watch that very closely. The question will be who will start between those two players. And I think what we're going to see because of Devin Bush's outstanding performance in week one and his sudden emergence is that we don't know who that other linebacker is going to be. Presumably we think it's going to be Vidi Vidi Vici, but because of the NFL, the way offense is played, because you need and you have to value speed and the ability to move sideline to sideline, hash to hash, Mark Barron is in play to start week one. And, yeah, and I don't think there's going to be a definitive winner or loser of this competition. I agree with your um, hypothesis here that that's going to be the new camp battle. Um, Before I get into that, though, you mentioned how Devin Bush never seems to – he was always pushing the guy backwards. There's two plays that stood out to me after watching him again. Um, the first play was a play that didn't even count because it was nullified by Tyson Alualu's uh, roughing the passer. And that was, he should have had a pick six, but I wasn't even worried about that. I was, he was all over that guy in the flat. And I'm not sure if it was a tight end or a running back or a receiver, but my gosh, he was, he draped all over him. Beautiful coverage. And that's one theme that you've heard throughout training camp is that he is so good and so fast in coverage that's going to be something that might impact the Steelers' defense more than anything else this year is his speed and athleticism in coverage. Second was a third down play. I believe it was about third down and seven, maybe third down and eight, and the tight end catches a pass, and Devin Bush comes up, hits the tight end. He rides him out of bounds, doesn't take him to the ground, but he knew exactly where that line was, and they ended up getting a turnover on downs because they went forward on fourth down and they stopped him. He... Shockingly, was in the backfield for that tackle as well. But those plays show, to me, showed off his speed and athleticism, but also his IQ. He was asked after the game about that play on third down, and he said, yeah, I knew exactly where the sticks were, and I knew that I couldn't be going backwards. And he stood up a guy that was much bigger than him in a play where they needed a play. And so th- those two plays stood out to me. Uh, in large about Devin Bush when I rewatched some of that game film. So for me, go ahead. Do you want to say anything about that? Let me point out one negative thing, and I want to give a big shout out to longtime listener of the show, Christian. Um, his height, his height has been pointed out as a possible issue, and where I saw it show up was there was a scene pass completed to the tight end where he jumped for the ball and it went right over his head, like he they. Like the the space that the throw connected with the wide receiver had to be like the size of the proverbial football shoebox. 
that's a concern that you may be able to complete things over his head. But I think that you could easily correct that with more depth in his drops, also in being more plastered to the receiver, being more connected hip to hip. Because if you're closer, it, it's more it's harder to just throw it over your head. There was a little bit of space there, and the quarterback was able to to complete that pass over it. But I, I but I think that's a case of nitpicking it a bit. I think all the positives that he gives you would outweigh that issue. Yeah, I mean, if that's the worst of their problems, because let's be honest, you know this as well as I do, Lance, that throw for a quarterback. Oh, yeah. Overneath a linebacker and underneath a safety, that's a tough throw. Oh, that was a yeah. perfect throw. That, it was exactly, an absolute yeah. dime. It was an absolute No, dime. it was. And see, we've seen Tom Brady do that, but typically that's an elite quarterback throw. And so if his the biggest cut on him is that that very difficult pass could be completed on him. I'll take it. No one's perfect. Everyone's going to have their own weaknesses. So I just thought his nose for the football was really, really impressive. And it didn't look, as Mike Tomlin said, as he always says, the game wasn't too big for him. And I thought that was impressive as well. But back to your statement about Barron and Williams. I don't think it's going to be a here's your winner, here's your loser. I think they're going to be intermixed, and they're going to get both on the field at times. I can see situations where you have Williams, Barron, and Bush on the field in certain situations. Maybe that's your goal line package. Maybe that's your um, first down. or look. I, I just think they're going to be interchangeable. I don't think you take Devin Bush off the field if he continues on this trajectory that he's on now. But at the same time, I just look at him and say, man, um, I guess you would say this is a really good problem to have. You know, because yeah, he's capable inside linebacker has been the Achilles heel since 2017 when Shazier went down. So it's a good problem to have, right? I mean, absolutely. It, it's the best case scenario. You want the young player getting a majority of the snaps in year one like Terrell Edmonds did last year. So that second year, that's when you really see it. And you saw Edmonds make a fantastic play in that game to break up a pass to the tight end in the, in the uh, corner of the end zone. Maybe he doesn't make that play last year. You know, maybe he makes that play this year because he played all those snaps last year. So getting Devin Bush on the field and getting him acclimated and getting him playing, you want that because you want to see him play fast and instinctive because we can see on that play you talked about where they turned them over on downs, how he reads the play, shoots the gap, bang. That's a special play from a special player. Yeah. So going back to week one, outside of Devin Bush, who I think made a huge statement, um, is was there any player that you felt performed well enough that it really transcended their spot on the team in some way, shape, or form? Maybe it was making the team. Maybe it was on the death chart, meaning – moving from two to three to two or so on and so forth. Is there anyone else that stood out for you and you watch the film? I think Boswell for sure. I don't think it, it, it changes his position on the depth chart, but what I think it does is it makes the coaching staff and Steeler nation feel a little better. But I think Ulysses Gilbert, his physical ability really stood out. I don't know what they can. I don't think that they can cut the guy. I mean, everybody has to see it. I mean, I mean, he's one of those guys where, Pro guys look at that guy and they say, "Ooh, we, wow!" If if pro guys look at a guy like that and say, "Wow," it, it's just his athleticism is just dripping off of him. He's a guy that is probably rough that you coach 
But if you know you coach well, the potential of what you get is outstanding. I think Gilbert flashed. He, I don't know what they, they, they can't cut him. It's going to be a tough, it's going to be real tough to see how they, I personally think that it's going to be Gilbert or Sutton Smith. that's going to make the team, not both. And so, because if you're, unless Tyler Medikavich gets the ax, which I don't see that happening um, there, I don't think they're going to have room for both. And as long as Gilbert's out there making plays and Sutton Smith is hurt, then that's the uh, Mike Tomlin analogy of two dogs, one bet. So <laughs> it'll be interesting. I, what about backup quarterback? Is it, did you see anything between Rudolph and Dobbs that would say that one catapulted themselves over the other or one there's maybe just stayed the same? Jeff, go ahead and pop your collar. I'm not saying anything. It's still too early for me. It's still go too ahead. early for me. <laughs> go ahead and pop your collar. I think your guy is the number two quarterback. I think he's a more polished player than Dobbs. And given the assets or the, the cost to acquire him and his pedigree in the three Ps, I, I, I'm satisfied with what I saw. And if you're seeing that in camp as well, and it translated from practice to the playing field, I, I'm satisfied with him being the number two. So let me ask you this. You're Mike Tomlin, and you're developing your plan for the upcoming game against the Chiefs on Saturday in week two of the preseason. And let's assume that Ben Roethlisberger is not going to play again. How are you handling the quarterbacks between Dobbs, Hodges, and Rudolph? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I just reverse uh, Hobbs and Rudolph. Rudolph starts, Hobbs goes second, and Hodges goes third. I Dobbs. just rotate the Dobbs, not Hobbs. Why is it Hobbs? Why is it Hobbs? Maybe because I just watched you Hobbs, see Hobbs and, Shaw. and Shaw or something. Yeah, I already saw <laughs> Dobbs, Hobbs. Hey, look, if Dobbs doesn't play better, he might be a dash. So, mm. uh, you know, he, he, he needs to play better. Let me add another. Let me add another thing I think that benefits Rudolph. It's his connection with James Washington. I mean, that throw that they made to convert the back shoulder for the touchdown I mean, that's because they've played a zillion snaps. How to get? How would you get the best out of your number two draft pick? Of course, by having the guy that he played quarterback with throw him the football. It's just the natural. It's a good combination. It's peanut butter and jelly. It's uh, what are some other good combinations? I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Uh, Milk and cereal. Uh, that's not a classic one. <laughs> Eggs and bacon. Eggs and bacon, yes, yes. Fries and shakes. Burgers and fries. Yeah. Well, so let, here's let, let's go back to what you said when I asked you about if you're Mike Tomlin. And I think this this could – I agree with you 100%. For, I think that Rudolph is going to get the start. If Roethlisberger doesn't play, I think Rudolph's going to be the number one. Dobbs will be the number two, and Hodges will be the third quarterback on the field. But riddle me this, as you always say, this is going to set up bad for Joshua Dobbs, period. Because he played at the very first preseason game and started with the backup offensive line that you could tell they looked slow, they weren't cohesive at all, and he was pressured a lot. 
didn't have a lot of time, had to scramble around. Now, Mason Rudolph's going to be in there probably with some starters. They'll probably get some starters, some reps, I would imagine. He'll be the quarterback for that. Then the backups will start to filter in. They'll have a whole game under their belt. They'll be a little bit more acclimated. And then when's Dobbs going to come in? When the backups are starting to be funneled out and the third and fourth strings go in. In other words, he he had a... I guess you could say maybe the coaching staff isn't really setting him up for success, but at the same time, this is this is the streets of gold for Mason Rudolph if he's looking to really capitalize on this opportunity because we know in week three, Ben will play. He's typically played two, at least two series of football, and then he gives way to the other quarterback. So um, you buy into that sentiment? I guess I'm just thinking out loud right now about how playing behind the offensive line, you're gonna if Rudolph gets starters in front of him, it's a big difference. But again, I mean, let, let's flip it on the other side of the coin. He might be going up against starters. That's true, too. So, you know, it may balance itself out there. I mean, hey, a good chef can make a great meal out of any ingredient. So if you're Hobbs, Dobbs, <laughs> you have to make the best. You just got to make the best out of your situation. Go out there, ball, uh, be composed in the pocket, make your reads, get to your projection. Your uh, uh, your progressions and deliver the football accurately and on time. Just go play football. Don't overcomplicate this. Go out there, play football, be comfortable, and make plays. You can't think of any of that other stuff. Just play, be confident, play fast. Okay, I look at the. Um, I was looking at the game film, and it was one player I really wanted to kind of highlight and watch, and I did that, and I wasn't overly impressed, but I wasn't disappointed either, and that was Terrell Edmonds. And it made me want to ask you on the show today, if you were saying like a perfect scenario for Edmonds, because he's going from year one to year two, we always talk about that big jump from year one to year two. What would be a great season for Terrell Edmonds outside of playing all 16 games? So if he plays in every game, you're like, man, that was a great year. Like, What would be some of the stats you'd look for with him to really say, you know, this has been a good year for him? That's interesting in how you – that's a great question because it's interesting in terms of how you evaluate safeties. I'll give you a couple of stats that I might use. So the one would be how many balls uh, completed of, let's say, 40 yards or more and 20, 20 yards or more. So how many deep shots are you giving up? How many big plays are you giving up in the pass game? In terms of running plays, I might measure it at how many runs you're giving up uh, 20 yard runs or more where you need a safety to make that play where a run doesn't turn into a running back pops a hole. It doesn't turn into a 40 yard game. You know, you keep it at 12 when it could have popped for 30 or something like that. And I guess last but not least is interceptions. You know, how many interceptions are you getting? How many pass defense do you have? So that might be the four that I would use, but I think the first two are, I think more important than, uh, possibly interceptions uh, because, you know, remember, harken back to Dick LeBeau, I think when the Steelers won a Super Bowl, uh, won their sixth Super Bowl. Do you know they gave up one, I think maybe either one or two passing play of 40 yards or more that entire season? That's nuts. And it was to Reggie Wayne, and it was almost like on a tip against Ike Taylor in Heinz Field. They gave up. I think that was the only play of 40 yards or more that year. That shows you the safeties were playing outstanding. Nothing is getting completed over their heads. Yeah, no, those are good because 
I think a lot of people would look at, okay, well, tackles and interceptions, those basic defensive statistics. But when you look at splash plays, which is essentially what you would be looking at in terms of in the air and on the ground, and are the safeties doing their job? So Edmonds is someone I'm very intrigued by. I want to see how he progresses. But let's – is there anything else you want to talk about from week one before we move on? Oh, I want to see uh, Tomlin win a challenge week two. If he wins a challenge week two, Steelers are going to win a Super Bowl. That's it. That's it. The only <laughs> That's a lot of pressure at. on Coach Tomlin, but to, <laughs> I don't. I didn't want to talk about this, but you got me all fired up when we were texting me the other day, and this was on Friday afternoon. News is going nuts about Mister Third and Fifth, who isn't out in Oakland, who is Lord knows where. He's filing grievances with the National Football League over his helmet, but let me break it down into simplistic terms for those that don't really know what's going on with Mr. Third and Fifth, who was traded to the Oakland Raiders. Mr. Third and Fifth has worn the same helmet his entire NFL career. The NFL has a rule that states that helmets have a 10-year lifespan. After 10 years, that helmet needs to be reevaluated and most likely replaced with a newer one with newer technology that is therefore safer. So Mr. Third and Fifth goes to Oakland and Oakland tells him, excuse me, Mr. Third and Fifth, you can't wear that helmet. And he says, why? I did last year. When last year in 2018, he wore that helmet on a one-year grandfathering over from the previous rule. So 2019, he has to replace his helmet. And so they finally get him a helmet that he feels comfortable with. He practices. Next day comes out, and Mr. Third and Fifth has his old helmet again. They tell him, Mr. Third and Fifth, you can't wear that helmet. It's against league policy. And so then he talks about how Tom Brady didn't have to change, which he did. Aaron Rodgers didn't have to change, which he did. And there's this whole ongoing thing. And eventually he gets so upset, he leaves. Mr. Third and Fifth bolts. I'm out of here. And he tells people, I will retire if I can't wear my helmet. And the Jerry Dulac of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette said that upon request from Mr. Third and Fifth, the Steelers actually mailed him his previous helmet from Pittsburgh. He wanted it. They mailed it out to him. He supposedly tried to paint it silver. <laughs> He's a graffiti artist. <laughs> it was not the same silver as the Oakland Raiders silver, but... He's been at, he's gone. He's no one knows where he is right now. He's not there. I don't believe he was on the sideline for the preseason game that they had. I think maybe last night. Correct me if I'm wrong in the live chat, but he not only has the foot stuff going on from the cryogenic therapy in, in France. I didn't realize it was in France. He flew all the way to France for that. Um, he has the foot stuff going on, but he also has this grievance with the NFL with his, with his helmet. His foot Lance, in the please. He could have flew to my house and put his foot in the freezer. I would have charged him. Okay, so please elaborate and tell me your thoughts on this because you kind of backtracked before we went live. I just want to make sure we're on the same page with this, this debate. See, when we originally talked, listeners, I thought that the helmet, the old helmet, wasn't as safe as the new helmet. But it seems as if that's not the case. And so sort of like a car seat or something like that, over time, 
car seats get phased out. You know, you do tests on car seats, new technology comes out, a car seat isn't as safe. Same thing with a helmet. So a lot, I was redoing some further research, and it's a lot of times guys like the aesthetics of helmets. They like the comfort. They like the fit. Uh, so they want to keep what they're used to. I mean, a lot of these guys are superstitious as well. If it works, they don't want to change it, regardless of the health ramifications. Again, we have to remember that, you know, football players are a different breed. You know, this is this is a this is a fellowship or a fraternity of players who said, you know, I'd rather get hit in the head than hit in the knees. Uh, you know, I can at least play with a concussion. I can't play if I don't have my legs. So we we got to consider who we're talking about. But the way AB handles stuff is consistently bad. And I was reading a long uh, thread on Twitter by a fellow Cal grad, Mike Silver, who was talking about this is just the tip of the iceberg for Antonio Brown, that the antics that he was showing and demonstrating last year's uh, is still is still there with the Raiders. Late the meetings, uh, not paying attention in meetings, doing other stuff in meetings. I mean, just looking very distracted. Um, you know, I'm not going to loosely throw out, you know, that he's crazy because mental illness is real. I'm not a doctor. I can't diagnose uh, somebody's mental state. But at the very minimum, this dude is a weirdo, man. He's strange. This dude is strange. I mean, this dude is strange. It's like, you don't get it. Like, that's a fight you can't win. And you just went to this new team. That's like you got a new girlfriend and you're acting crazy after the second day. I mean, come on, man. Like, geez, be on your best behavior. At least wait a couple of months before you try to date her sister. I mean, you can't try to date her sister the second day. At least three or four months later, they haven't even got to the first game, let alone the first preseason game, and the guy is figuring out ways not to show up. Dude, just ask. Just ask. I don't want to show up, dude. I don't want to show up. My feet are bad. Look, I'll be ready. Can you just put the red jersey on me? I'll be good. I just don't want to do training camp. Just ask. Yeah. And I, the thing is, and I told you this, the attacks, but before Lance kind of got his facts straight, is <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that if he went to, um, I'm not even sure the na- the company, maybe it's uh, Rydell that, um, or Riddle, whatever you pronounce it, whoever makes the helmet and said, or shoot, look, here's the deal, man. I love this helmet. This is my favorite helmet of all time. I love the way it feels. I love the the, the vision that I have with the helmet. I want to duplicate this helmet with a new helmet. I guarantee you they would do that for the most one of the most popular players in the NFL and one of the most productive wide receivers in that time span that he's been in the league in NFL history. I don't buy that it's this is the only helmet I could ever wear. So real quick, to put an end to this, because I just want to get your thoughts on it. True or false, Antonio Brown will play for the Oakland Raiders in 2019. Oh, hell yeah, it's true. Exactly. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Oh, one thing I would slightly disagree with, with the helmet thing, just because I'm sure um, the NFL probably has an agreement with particular helmet vendors. Now, they do. They if do. they have an agreement with uh, Riddell Hats, I think it's Rydell. I think it's Rydell. I think if, sure. they, if, they, if they have a, con- a contract agreement with Rydell, you could probably – you know, you, you could probably get the helmet in. But the way it reads is that 
that helmet has to get certified. It would have to get certified and be on some certain lists. So it feels like he would have to wear a replacement helmet this year and possibly could get the helmet that he wanted in next year as it cleared the process. But either way, he's going to have to switch helmets this year or he is not going to play. Because I'm sure they're going to want to put the helmet through a certain level of protocols, testing, all that before they say, yeah, you could play it because if he gets hit in the head, something happens, he would absolutely sue the National Football League if somehow they went against their policy and allowed him to wear that helmet. So, But I think it could be done. To your point, I think it would, could be done. But I think he went about this the wrong way. I mean, the dude tried to be a graffiti artist and painted his helmet. Like, that was going to work. I mean, equipment artist is like, dude, this ain't even gray. Can you like, see? Can you picture him at like Home Depot or Lowe's with his cell phone doing the match color thing with spray paint or something? No, what I can picture is the helmet started dripping paint when it got hot. <laughs> they were like, "Wait a minute, dude! The, the the helmet is dripping paint. Like, what is uh, this?" They're like, "Dude, your, your helmet, AB, it's dripping." Well, this isn't this isn't anything new, by the way. For those that have listened for long enough, you learn about Lance and myself. I used to coach lacrosse. I was a head lacrosse coach, men's lacrosse, in the state of Maryland, very competitive. And um, they had they had rules instead for our helmets. We had they, they had a three year shelf life. Uh, so after three years, they either had to be refurbished, which meant that they had to go through the whole screening process all over again, or you had to get a new helmet. As a coach, I would replace my helmets almost every other year just so we didn't have to worry about that three-year process. But this isn't abnormal. Like This is very common. Football coaches have to refurbish their helmets almost yearly in high school. The NFL, it's the same thing. So a head, it is. Case, a head case for a head case. So apropos. And I bet that uh, I, Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert just have to be sitting back just laughing. They are absolutely slow laughing. Clapping it up, man. Just slow <laughs> clapping it up. Yes. They are, yes. They are absolutely <laughs> laughing. They are they're like, John Gruden is an app dude. He likes to take Steeler problems off our hands. And I'm sure that if there's a play, they might not ever be able to do a trade with the Raiders again. Well, no, the Raiders will still fall for it. It's okay. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes, yes, they will. Okay. Um, you had a question for the show about uh, some Steeler legends, right? Yes, um, I saw a graphic out there. Uh, let me see if I can pull up a graphic. And, and, and let's let's. And what I want to tease is to the live chat. This is in context when I ask this question to the current team, not just because you love this particular Steeler legend. Think about when you when you respond in a live chat. Think about how the player would impact this current team. So the question is, pick a legend to return to the Pittsburgh Steelers for this current team, this current iteration, Heinz Ward, Troy Palomalu, or Jerome Bettis? And I'll start with you, Jeff. Say the three again, Heinz Ward, Jerome Bettis. Who's the third? Troy Palomalu. I can pick one to play now. Pick a legend. Pick one. Pick one in his prime to return to the Steelers for this particular iteration of Steelers team. Easy. That's Troy Palomalu. Yeah, that, that's that, that's simple because you know running back. I like James Conner. I like the depth they have there. I, I love the bust. Don't get me wrong. And Heinz Ward, he wouldn't really provide. I don't think other than leadership and hard nosed style. I mean, 
the Steelers, I like their wide receiver core too, but safety, I'll always take Troy back. <laughs> yeah, now it's now it's it's in the live chat. I wonder what they're saying, but just remember in the live chat, think of these players in their absolute prime. So at no, their best. No one has said anything other than Troy so far. Yeah, I think Troy too. I think it was initially close between Hines and Troy, but given this current team where they're at at safety. I mean, you've got to pick Troy. Let imagine, say, let, let imagine, me, but imagine a prime Troy with Terrell Edmonds. Let me listen. That, that's a really nice thought, by the way. But let, let me say this. If I'm ranking them, Troy's one, the bus is two, and I've got Hines three. I would agree. That's because another the bus, good question. The bus in his prime. People remember 2005. That was his last season. He was beat up. He was a shell of his former self. Go back in the block number era when he came to Pittsburgh with Bill Cowher. That bus was something else. Totally. Yeah, different. you know, that Jerome bus had a uh, giant eagle putting pickles in the store four weeks after he got there. He already had a Jerome Bettis line of products. You could get Jerome Bettis ketchup, pickles, potato chips. You get everything. Bus was an instant hit in Pittsburgh. Yes. He's a hell of a football player. And Bus is one of my favorite. He might be my favorite offensive player on the Pittsburgh Steelers. So that's good. Are you hearing anything different in the live chat about the ranking of the three? Um, not yet. Uh, some people, one person said, bring Mel Blunt back. <laughs> <laughs> well, he can't, he can't, he can't chuck somebody for 40 yards. So. so now people are saying all these other, like, bring back mean Joe green. I mean, it's like, okay, we can't go back. These are, we give you three options, people three. Come on. Um, do you have another one to do? I have, or? I have another one. Same okay. premise, same question. So for this particular team, pick a legend to return to the Steelers. Casey Hampton, Heath Miller, or James Harrison? Oof. Oh, now this one's tough. This one's a lot tougher. I'm going to immediately show, I'm going to go through my process here. Um, I'm immediately taking Casey Hampton off the list. He's third on my list. So now it's between Heath and outside linebacker. I'm going to go personally. I'm going to take James Harrison in his prime to be opposite TJ Watt because I think those two would wreck D, would wreck offenses every single week, every single week. Um, but tight end is such a need that it would be tempting to take Heath. I don't know. I, so I'll take Debo first, Heath, Hampton. Who you have? See, I hate when we agree. I hate when we agree. We well, disagree. a lot of people in the live chat are not agreeing. Everyone's saying Heath so far. I go, there's a couple of James that, Harrison. That's interesting. See, because in the ranking of the three, Debo one, Casey big snack two, Heath three. I think Heath was a great player, but I think big snack was probably the best nose tackle in his era. Him and Haloti Nada, I think, were the two best nose tackles when nose tackle was still in fashion. Uh, the hit that Casey Hampton put on, uh, I, I can picture the guy's face, Eddie George. When he hit Eddie George, wow. When he KO'd Eddie George with the concussion, well, I mean, that was one of the best hits I've ever seen. But for this particular team, you got to say James Harrison. Take Bud off the field, a.k.a or BKA dud, and you put Debo on the field with TJ Watt? Come on, man. And Troy, into the previous question, Troy in the backfield? So you could add Debo and Troy to this defense? 
Oh, that's stairway to seven right there. That's hashtag stairway to seven. Gosh, that defense, that, that defense, you, you add like the defensive front with, you know, Hargrave, uh, Hayward, and Tuitt, and, and the inside linebackers now. That would be a really good defense, if I may say so myself. But before we get into anything else in the live chat, because a lot of people are comparing, um, you know, they're saying how if we're in their prime, they're saying Heath, Heath in his prime to me wasn't that different than Heath when he retired. Yeah, he wasn't, like, he wasn't yeah, super yeah. fast ever. He had tremendous hands. He was never afraid to catch the ball in traffic, but there was just never that big of a discrepancy to me. So, um, yeah. So I do want to say crazy. Chris gave us $9 and 99 cents in the lot in the super chat. And he said, Hey, Jeff and Lance, I can't tell you how great this off season has been from Mr. Third and fifth hot air balloon to the foot and to the cherry on top of this cleansing. The helmet debacle makes him grin from ear to ear. So Chris, thank you for dropping that into the chip jar. We appreciate it for those that might be listening or watching and saying, what in the world is this tip jar? They talk about anywhere that you're watching this on YouTube. If you're, chatting with us in the live chat on the right is a little money symbol you can hit that money symbol donate any amount of money to the program and we would appreciate that you don't have to use it but you can and if you do it highlights your question and it stays there for x amount of time so you're guaranteed to have your question be answered so there you go thank you chris again for putting that just shy of ten dollars into the tip jar we really appreciate the support so um this is a good practice here, and, and it's something I've we, we could do almost weekly if we wanted because there's so many different players. But those were modern players. I feel like those are players that could still play in the game today when it comes to Heath, Casey Hampton, James Harrison hasn't been that removed from the league that long. But that second one was tough. That second one was real tough. Yeah, because so. there's, there's a real big need at tight end. I mean, but, man, what does Dick LeBeau always say about quarterbacks? They can't complete passes when they're on their backs. Yep. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. And that's huge in this game to get consistent pressure. Man, those two guys, Watt and Debo as bookends. I mean, ooh, that's just tasty. That that is tasty. You couldn't slide protect to either guy. Those guys would get one on one matchups. Oh, it'd be so tasty. It'd yep. be a dance party in the backfield. Oh. Hey, it would be, it did. I don't want to think. Yeah, it's pretty awesome to think about. <laughs> so, um, okay, real quick before we call it a show, this week is week two of the preseason. The Kansas City Chiefs are coming to Heinz Field. So that's right. The Steelers play back to back at Heinz Field, and then they're on the road for two before the preseason ends. What is intriguing about this matchup for you? And maybe what are you looking forward to? Just give me a couple of things you might be looking forward to in week two. Uh, offensively, I want to see some of the uh, signed free agents. I want to see Dante Moncrief. I want to see what he looks like. And I want to see what Nelson looks like on the other end. I want to see what some of those big free agent acquisitions uh, look like. And it's going to be interesting for Nelson as he'll be going up against his former team. It is true. I'm, I'm hoping... I say this loosely. I'm hoping Patrick Mahomes plays. I want to see him test the Steelers' defense and 
and really I, I hope that they play, you know, like Jameis Winston played one series the last game. I hope they play more and I hope they play Andy Reid puts him in for a couple series. I want to see this Steelers defense really be tested. I'm hoping the Steelers will play more of their starters this week. Um, ben Roethlisberger might be the only exception. I'm going to say that um, James Conner will see some time. Vance McDonald will see some time. The offensive line should see some time. You mentioned Moncrief. Juju should play. Um, I think that Steelers fans should get a better glimpse of the team they're going to see in 2019 this upcoming week, and uh, we'll see. I got a defensive matchup that I want to see. Go for it. I want to see uh, Travis Kelsey versus Devin Bush and or Mark mm-hmm. Barron. I want to see how he how they handle Travis Kelsey in the seams because good lord, Travis Kelsey was killing the Steelers last year in the seams. Oh my goodness, uh, that was absolute abuse what he was doing to the Steelers linebackers last year. I mean, it was it was absolutely embarrassing. So I well, want to see I want to see I want to see how the rook steps up to that battle against Travis Kelsey. That was week two last year. John Bostic was still on the field a lot. I mean, that was quite different. I think even if LJ Fort played in that game last year, it would have been a little bit different. I'm not saying it would have been drastically better, but it would have been a little bit different. Uh, real quick, Sean the Don gave us $10 in the tip jar. He says, just want to donate again. Haven't been able to join the live chat in a while. Hashtag, here we go. We appreciate that, Sean. That's means a lot to us that people are supporting us the way that they are, which by the way, quick recap, we're well over 3000 subscribers. We're verging. We're going close to 3,200 already. My goal Lance was to be at 3000 before the start of the regular season. Hell let's get to 4,000 by the start of the regular season. Absolutely. Let's, let's do 6,000. There's six championships. Let's go 6,000. Let's do it. It, it, it. The best way for you to do it is to share this stuff. Tell your friends that are Steeler fans, share it on your personal pages, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, spread the word. It's not just about BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It's about here on YouTube. It's about our audio platforms everywhere. So, How about this, Jeff? Let me throw a, let's throw another challenge out to the listeners out there. What's that? Let's get a, let's get a thousand for every win. Steelers win. We add a thousand. Let's do that. Oh, I, it's not like we pay for that, though. Yeah, like let's push four thousand subscribers for every win. Let's let's just do it. Well, let's do it. Let me say something that is a in response to an email I got recently, and the the person was a big fan of the shows, all the shows that we do, and the website behindthesteelcurtain.com, and he said, "I wish you guys could have a schedule so that I could make sure I always see it live." And I said, "You know, it's tough. You know, I have kids. Lance has kids. Dave has kids." Um, all these things are going on. The best thing for you to do so you never miss a live show is to subscribe to our channel. Like if you see this, if this is the first time you've ever seen one of our shows, hit the subscribe button because every time we go live, you will get a pop-up notification on your phone saying BTSC Steelers Radio is about to go live and you'll be able to catch it live. So if maybe you're someone that always follows the show but you're not subscribed to the show, subscribe, that's the best way to do it. Now before I forget though, Dave Schofield, deputy editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com and host of his own show, The Stack Geek, and on the preview, he he keeps on yelling at me. I keep forgetting. We at Behind the Steel Curtain are giving away an autographed David DeCastro football. But it's not just going to be like, oh, hey, here, have this statistic, and you get in. It's a Survivor League. You have to join the Survivor League, and if you win the Survivor League, you win the autographed football. 
So right now on the website, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, it'll be there all day Sunday. I'm going to reboot it up there again Monday because that's when we get a lot of people checking the site when they go back to work and they don't want to work. So make sure you check that out. You All the details for, of it are in that article. There's even a picture of the autographed football. Um, we're giving it away for free, and the league is free. We're not making any money off this. It's just something that we want to do for the fans because it's going to get engagement. It's going to get people and just another thing that we can actually talk about. So the contributors, like myself, I'm going to get in it. Lance is going to get in it. He doesn't know it yet, but he's going to get in it. And we're going to do the survivor pool, and the winner will get all pro guard David DeCastro football. And so all the details of that are on the website right now, behindthesteelcurtain.com. Check that out. It's pretty cool, I right? I don't want anyone, I don't want anything from a Stanford player. Sorry. Oh my gosh. You guys and your stupid Pac 12 rivalries. It's a horrible conference, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want anything any, any I don't want anything from the Cardinal. I will I'll donate it. No That's Cardinal. fine. You no can Cardinal still get you, you can still get in the Survivor League. So when you're out in week one, I can uh still Absolutely. Talk trash. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Go cow. I would be interested if there would be people that would want to do like a FanDuel league. I do FanDuel already. But I would be interested in seeing if people would want to set up a, a separate BTSC FanDuel league. That would be fun because we could get oh, a lot of be, that. Would be fun. That's my, that's. I'd have to check with my superiors because that's gonna the money will be involved. That's not for fun. Like that's yeah yeah that'll be fun. Yeah that's that's wink wink not not. Yeah. That's wink wink five. Everyone puts five bucks in the pot and the top three get paid out. So that would be interesting. If you're in the live chat and you're you would be interested in that, um, let me know and I might see if we have enough people out there i might start that before the week one i'm a big fan old guy so lance would you be interested in that hey if it's about money i'm interested <laughs> do you do vandal have you done it for i've done vandal and okay. my cousin is a degenerate gambler who does vandal <laughs> all the time so i will uh you know consult him to get the vandal tips i don't do like someone asked about um let's hear uh someone asked about DraftKings. i'm just strictly do uh Fandle. I don't know. I just with the first hand did I set it up that yeah, way. Yeah, my cousin is crazy, man. He does football. He does basketball. Does he do the he sports? Does, does he do the sports book though? Because Fandle, because it's legal now, they actually have a sports. I don't do the sports book. I I'm just not sure, man. Book. He, I know he has all these contests going at one time, like for like a variety of different things. Like he was doing it during hoop season, and it was nuts. He, 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 he's kind of nuts with it. Like he's a young guy that gambles a lot. So uh, we had a question about the FanDuel League real quick. Uh, getting bent with Bo, who's a longtime listener. He's the Ikea couch guy. He said, uh, <laughs> how would you do it? FanDuel, basically, you can put in like $25 into your account, and we would everyone puts in $5 a week, and then every week your $5 go out. But if you win a week, you might win enough to pay for the rest of the season. So uh, you can always do it that way. Every week you can do... Um, the same roster, you can pick new players. It's not like you have to keep players or anything like that. So there you go. You're about to get in trouble, Jeff. <laughs> if someone said one time, like, <laughs> how much is Jeff getting paid by FanDuel? I wish they would pay me. FanDuel, if you're listening to this, find me and pay me money to use your service. I'd love that. I don't get paid by FanDuel at all. So there you have it. Um, Lance, anything to add before we call the show? Only thing is, again, condolences to uh, the coach who passed away, his family, and um, hey, the NFL's back. Enjoy it. 
Absolutely. So again, uh, Daryl Drake, if you missed it or weren't here for the beginning of the show, passed away suddenly either Saturday night or Sunday morning. Cause of death is unknown at this time. All our thoughts and prayers go out to him and his family. Um, sad news. Very sad news. But like he said, the NFL continues to move on. Uh, Lance, send us off. Listeners, as always, tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe. Amen. We'll see you next week for another episode of The Standard is the Standard.